the Up and Out podcast. Claps from the audience. Thank you, thank you. Um, welcome. I just said welcome back, but I'm going to say it again. Welcome back. And We're so grateful you're here. <laughs> yes. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our previous episodes. I hope you all enjoyed our little deep dive into nightmares and daydreams last week um and yes this episode is going to come out a little later than originally planned we've had a a week <laughs> let's just call it what it is the sh- probably one of the <laughs> shittiest weeks of our life but you know what we we're going to talk about it in our up and out segment so yes they'll know why it was delayed and i'm hoping that people will empathize and be like okay yes i mean if you can't, we don't want you listening. <laughs> but yes, alienate the audience. Yeah. The first rule of uh, communications and advertising. Yep. But yeah, I mean, well, let's just get into it, I guess, then. Uh, before we get into it, I would just like to tell you that if you haven't left a five-star review, oh, well, what yeah. are you doing here? Yeah. If you haven't left a five-star review on your podcasting app platform of choice, you're doing this fan thing wrong. Um, wh- <laughs> who's alienating now? Oh my god! Um, we are grateful that people are listening um, this far into the first, like, you know, first like season. I guess we could call it. Oh my gosh, episodes. seasons. But yeah, we need reviews. We need to get an Al Gore's rhythm. Oh we need god. to make sure that the algorithm is putting us, you know, at the top of. Yeah, I mean, Whatever it's great to have, you know, under. family members and friends listen, but yeah. we, we want strangers to tune in, too, eventually. And I will say, I, ha- I will toot our own horn, because it's our show, and we could do whatever we want. Thank you, Trixie and Katya. Yeah, sound like, uh, for a second. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you know, you know. Uh, my mom, who is my biggest critic, well, I, I shouldn't say biggest critic, it's more like... She's brutally honest. She doesn't just tell me what I want to hear because I'm her her kid. She tells me what is going to make me grow Mm -hmm. and what is going to make in, like, educated decisions. And maybe some uh, current parents should also follow that because it seems like kids these days, their parents just think they're the greatest thing ever. Mm. But that's a story for another that's education in a nutshell. (laughs) We're moving on. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Y'all, we podcast for hours a week. We record our episodes. What he was we saying, is, by the way, them. is that his mom likes the podcast. Oh, That's, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I, the yeah. ADHD <laughs> kicked in, and <laughs> yeah. I just, like, went, zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, my mother would tell me when my songs and music was not, like, hitting right or didn't sound right. So when she tells me that she listened to the podcast and it was actually funny. And she listens she, to them when she doesn't even care about the topic. Yeah, she, she doesn't yeah, care about like, the material we talk yeah. about, but... She says that it's so entertaining, and that's high praise. So if you're listening and you think the same thing, um, please review us and rate us five stars. Five stars only. Yeah, if you're listening and you're thinking, wow, this sucks. Solamente. Maybe skip the review. Maybe that's maybe that's why we haven't gotten any reviews, because we Fine. tell them only to leave five stars, and some people are like, mm, I'm feeling four and a half. I'm sorry, but I'm, I won't accept <laughs> no, that. There's yeah. a full, who doesn't love 100% of something? <laughs> Go all the way or not at all, baby. So five stars only. Um, 
it'll really help us out and get our rating up and then more people will like be in the algorithm and listen to it and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Moving on, um, you can follow us on our Up and Out socials. We are trying to use these to promote the podcast and promote fun stuff when we, we have a few things planned in the future that we're not going to give away just yet. Uh, but there is an episode that will require some audience involvement. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're following our Instagram at upoutpod. Our YouTube is Up and Out Pod, and our Facebook page and our Twitter account are both Up Out Pod. Okay, you can also follow us on socials, but we'll share those at the end of the episode. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. worried about that right now. Um, Up and Out. Let's just let's get into our bread and butter, our Up and Outs of the week. We got to start with the outs because the up is kind of related to the out, but. Oh, the out is, it's a big out. It's a big down. Um, And (laughs) we tried recording this episode once already, and we were not in a good headspace. We were like, it was like fighting through fire to just like survive. And we were like, we're going to push through it. We're going to do an episode. And we were scatterbrained the entire time and it was it, it lacked honestly consistency i didn't think we should do it but gunter was like i think it'll get my mind off of things it, and i was like okay and it didn't. <laughs> yeah. so our out of the week is it's that it's a shared out yeah it's a shared yeah. out um my childhood cat one of my besties even though she was rude sometimes um tabby tabitha the one that we talked about on a previous episode yeah we told y'all that she was sick and and everything and she did not get better um and we came home after being out of town for thanksgiving and we came back home and she was just off hadn't was barely able to move and was acting very strange wasn't eating yeah she stopped and that was one of her like she would eat 24 7 yeah yeah um we just we just could tell that something was up and her symptoms had gotten worse and she was not the same cat and anyway long story short we gave her a really really close cuddly one last night with us mm-hmm. and gave her a little bit of ice cream which was her favorite treat yeah and we had to take her to the vet and you know, say our goodbyes. We held her and made sure that she wasn't alone. Um, I have never had to put a pet down before. And I'm grateful that we have that option for like our pets that we love so much. Because it means that she didn't have to go through that trauma and that pain that she was clearly going through and had gotten significantly worse in just like a few days time. She just... Yeah, I I think even if we had tried to wait for her to pass, like, naturally or whatever, I I don't think she had many days left, but we just didn't want her to have to suffer. And even by the time we got her to the vet, she was significantly weaker than she was even that morning. Like, she was decompensating quickly. And so, but yeah, I also had never been in the room or an animal, you know, a, a euthanasia. Um, and it was it was really hard, but like Gunter said, I'm happy that she was with people that she loved. So, yeah. Um, 
We've done a lot of crying. Yeah, we miss her a lot. Um, I haven't cried in a few days, and here yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> I have not cried that hard. I don't know if in my entire life. I there's uh, like I had to like find TED talks from like vets and people who had like experience trying to like cope with this on a regular basis. I didn't realize how much, like, loving an animal that, you know, couldn't pay rent didn't, didn't like, add an economic, you know, uh, something of, like, concrete value to my life. She didn't do that. But what she did do was she was a confidant. She was a partner. She was a friend that just wanted the bare minimum from me and then gave me everything that she could as a cat. You know, even her bitchiness. Yeah, even the bitchiness sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And through knowing her, and I've, like I said, I've had her since I was ten. So I've yeah, had her she's, for sixteen years. Yeah. I'm twenty six. Mm-hmm. I've had her for more than half my life, and I'm sitting here crying in a car, not knowing why. I'm this messed up about it when I know that it's, you know, a good death. It's it's. It's sending her off softly instead of making her miserable and prolonging it. And Trevor clued me in that it's because I've had her for more than half my life. Like, a lot of my identity is wrapped up in my family, and our animals are our family. And I've never had to do this before, so it just, it really put a lot of things into perspective about loving unconditionally and really 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 trying to make a difference in someone's life whether that's an animal or a person like i really do have a different outlook after this experience and i want to make sure that if i have the ability the people that are around me feel that i'm adding to their life because i time goes by so fast yeah and um he like we uh sorry this is hard to talk about but yeah she um she lived a good life she lived a very long life and um she'll always be her spirit's always around us um <laughs> there's a door in the house that yeah. keeps opening and i'm sure it's i'm positive it's like air pressure and like a draft but our first night in the house she found that she could open that door by sticking her paw under it and then she it takes you upstairs in the house and she like snuck around for a little while and anytime the door was open i'd be like oh tabby went up there and so it keeps opening on its own here i'm sure it's a draft it's it's but i am gonna i'm gonna say that it's tabby wanting to go upstairs and so yeah i've stopped closing the door i just let it open when it opens and you know um on the plus side like uh, i'm not embarrassed that i'm crying i've been through a lot in my life to where i i don't give a crap anymore about what people think about vulnerability and men aren't allowed to cry and all of this stuff like i'm a human and this was one of the most gut-wrenching human experiences i've ever had but it taught me so much about who I am and what I value and cherish. And it's another chance to cherish another life going forward. And so that kind of brings us into our up, I would say, 
of the week. Um, and so some people might be like, this is too soon. And or, all I have to say yeah. is oh, one, I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. my life. But, um, <laughs> the house you? felt, it feels empty without having a, an animal. And we were not looking for, we were any animals. First of all, they're not a replacement, but we weren't looking for any animals. And we were going through our grieving process. Yeah. We were trying to make space for our feelings and, not rush to um cover something or ignore what was happening yeah but um a couple days after we said bye to tabby gunter's mom sent him a screenshot of a of the next door app is that what it is yeah and there are two kittens that someone had posted that needed a home and we were like oh god they're cute <laughs> Um, but thinking about how it went down, it feels like it's been like a month yeah, <laughs> since all of this happened. Literally. It's been the longest week of my life. Yeah. But Ugh. so we saw the kittens and we were like, no, we can't. But then we thought about it a little, little more and we decided to reach out to the foster and we went to meet them. And they're very cute. It's a little ginger tabby cat and a, uh, you know, typical grayish brown tabby cat. Um, I wouldn't say brown. I'd say like gray and black. Gray, black. Yeah. yeah. Um, and while we were meeting them, I was talking with the foster. And so we thought, you know, okay, maybe this is a sign. We should at least entertain it that it showed up at this time in right. our We weren't process. the ones looking for it. Someone yeah. that cared about us and was keeping us in mind yeah. was like, maybe this is the next step forward. Let me send it to him. And then I get there. I'm talking with her. Gunter is getting out of work. So, you know, we're just kind of talking um, until he showed up. And I told her about Tabby. And then she was like, oh my gosh, this is kind of crazy, but... So so we're we are going to be adopting two brothers. They're two brother kittens. Their sister, who was given to a different family, her name is Tabby. <laughs> and it just seemed too like it's too uh, I guess serendipitous, you know. Oh my gosh, Gunter is I... going through it. Which is anyway, but I was not I'm I have to say something. I <laughs> I on Tuesday, so we put her down on a Monday, and then Tuesday, I just sobbed and I broke down with a bunch of people that were good friends at work, and some of my students even heard what happened and asked me how I was doing and if I was okay, and, you know, for the first time in a while, we've, like, Made a human connection, like, me and my students. Like, it's been a rough semester. Um, things aren't always easy in education right now. So the fact that I had so many people, like, you know, seeing if I was okay and validating that I was feeling this way and, you know, thinking that I was going to have to sit in that, like, grief hall forever. Again, I've never had to do this before. I, d I don't know the process of, like... Like, a, grieving a pet and getting over them and, you know, moving on with your life. It's something that relies on you for everything and can't 
like tell you gratitude. You just have to assume it from their actions and all that stuff. Um, so the fact that without expecting it, now all of a sudden we're adopting two kittens less than a week before. And it wasn't a hasty decision. Like, it doesn't feel like a hasty decision to me. Like, mm-hmm. it was the universe kind of saying, you must really care about your animal. Here's another opportunity to honor your animal that you saved before. And to have something to nurture again. And, and to you have know, the, yeah. you know, the their sibling with the same name yeah, before we even wild. met them is yeah. just, that's the sign that this is what we're supposed to be doing to me. Yeah. And so we are up of this week, although it is related to our out, is that tomorrow we are adding two little kittens to the house, and we're excited, we're a little nervous. Um, I have happy tears. Yeah, but they're very cute, and, and we're getting them from really good people. Like, we met the foster family, they they literally have seven cats right now, like, they're they're doing a lot. To try We're to... saving the foster yeah. family yeah. a little bit too, yeah. um, and I I can't wait to start this next journey. I'm like chomping at the bit, like to wake up tomorrow. Um, I didn't even want to sleep in before mm-hmm. we go get them because I want to like start the next chapter and fill the house with love again. You know? Yeah, and this will kind of be while Tabby was the first animal that we took care of together. She she was definitely like. Gunter's family cat. Yeah, she and, was mine slash yeah, the family cat. I mean, cat. she loved me, but... She liked Trevor. But this will be the first thing, you know, that we kind of nurture and, and take care of together. And that's going to be exciting and special. So. And I'm just going to say it on the pod. I'm really excited to get to do it with you from, like, fresh start. Because I think work really well together for the most part and we're gonna give these kittens a really good life i think i'm just excited to have another chance to spread love yeah and you know what we should do because you know we're trying to use our socials we're gonna post a picture of the two of them oh together absolutely on our that Instagram. was already a mental plan of <laughs> yeah fun. yeah so we'll do like a post that shows you tabby for those of you who have never seen her before yeah. and you know in memoriam and mm-hmm. our favorite little bitch cat and then we'll show you the two new ones that you know are not replacing or taking her place that's not really how i think about it it's we're paying it forward Another in, thing in her honor. I just thought about is Tabby. So Tabby was a tortoise tortoise shell. So she was orange and black, like combined or orange mm-hmm. and brown. And these are black and brown. She oh, had some yeah, orangey brown She had some spots. orangey brown, but these cats are like black, brown, and then orange. So it's like if you took her and kind of split her into two things. And these kittens, I don't know if we'll post videos at some point, but they're like different personalities. One is very chill. The other one is like a firecracker ball of energy. It's just, it's going to be really exciting. So again, you can follow us on Instagram and we'll probably post pictures of them. And yeah, so, but yeah, those are our, our ups and outs. And uh, I guess it's time to get into the topic of this week's episode. So speaking of animals and our love for Creatures of all sorts and all kinds. Today's episode is all about 
Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. It's you and me. <laughs> I know it's my kids. But for real, for real, we're going to, for those of you who might not be Pokemaniacs like Trevor and myself. Um, Gunter gonna, way more than me, but yes. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. um, Pokey addict, perhaps. Um, we're going to give you some history, some background as to why it's a thing, why it's the social phenomenon that it is. And then we're going to talk about the most recent video game releases that have actually had a lot of controversy uh, because of uh, some choices made by the company that was making them and the quality of them. So anyway, if you're not a big Pokemon fanatic, I promise we have some fun stuff in the episode to kind of give you a little little info about something that you might want to pick up later if you get the if you get the inkling. Yeah, you might not have played Pokemon as a kid. You can always start today. And honestly, <laughs> our whole episode, like normally we'll like split our episodes into like our segments and mm-hmm. they're not always related. This one, baby, real life creatures, digital creatures, doesn't matter. I will die for either one. It's fine. <laughs> so uh yeah. Here we go. Let's get it started. It's a cat noise. <laughs> Theme song? Yeah. Should, should I just play like, a, like an army of cats? Oh. Wow. Army of cats. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Let's get it started, Gunter. So what do you want to open with? So we're going to just go with an overview of Pokemon's entire history. What the hell does Pokemon even mean? A brief history. We don't, yeah, we're not going to. I'm going to try not to, yeah. but I, I'm going to give enough context so that people understand that there's a reason adults still like the game. It's, yeah. There's yeah, a yeah. lot more behind it than just the cartoonish mm-hmm. appeal to kids. Okay. So Pokemon is a portmanteau. That's what it's called, right? You smush two words together? Yes, yes. Pocket yes. Monsters. Yes. So it was created by a guy, uh, a Japanese person named Satoshi Tajiri for the original Game Boy consoles. Um, it was inspired by bug catching and his enjoyment of being in nature uh, when he was a kid. Uh, it really began as like a comic or a Japanese manga and was a, later adapted to a video game when they thought the idea would be really cool to implement with Nintendo's backing, right? Spoiler alert, they were right. They (laughs) were super right. (laughs) So the very first Pokemon games ever were red and green. They were released in Japan in 1996. But worldwide, shortly after, red and blue released around the world. And it became a social and economic and media phenomenon, honestly. It took over the airwaves. Um, the anime, the cards, the video games kind of exploded all together in the late 90s and started a, I don't know if you can call it a social movement, but it's like a, it's like a, a blip in it's time. era. Pokemania. Uh, yeah. It was a thing where every kid was obsessed with it. Every parent was buying every toy at Christmas. They were caught the trading cards, you know. Like there was green Pikachu, blue Pikachu, red Pikachu, and regular Pikachu. That's, that's what the adults knew it. They just knew this is a Pokemon. Oh, but they called them all the that's Pikachu. That's the red Pikachu. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. No, Mom, that's not. Well, she's yeah. getting it for you for Christmas, so take the red Pikachu and be grateful. Yeah. Um, the video games are 
not actually the thing that sells the most. Like, that's not where most of their profits actually come from as an international corporation these days. But the games are the thing that introduce all of the characters and the story elements and the actual Pokemon themselves. Um, and there there was a TV show and stuff. I remember watching that as a kid. I don't remember when that came out, though. I don't know if I'm jumping if, ahead of the... If I am not yeah. wrong, mm-hmm. the TV show, uh, the dubbed version of the anime, mm-hmm. came out in the U.S., right before the video games or the cards came out right before the video games so it was kind of like a staggered release where um they were being like kids could see it on tv and then they yes. could get the games and, and play we all know them. you know ash misty and brock and you know the OGs, uh, yeah honestly <laughs> team rocket and so gunter will kind of talk about you know team rocket and how there's always you know this bad team going on yeah yeah. so the goal of the games overall is typically to collect and catch these fictional digital creatures called pokemon um and battle your way through a region or a fictional country and become the best pokemon trainer or the best person that battles with pokemon right so there's typically always an evil team that acts as a plot device uh and you'll fight against them every jesse James. James. <laughs> That's the name. Yeah. Um, so there's kind of like a formula to all of the video games. It's just like a new layer of paint every single time. New characters, new Pokemon, whatever. And that formula clearly works because now it's the world's like most grossing franchise in history. Um, as you battle with your Pokemon and you journey on your adventure uh, in each game... Some of the Pokemon will grow, and some will what's uh, do a thing called evolve. Uh, so they change form, and they get additions to their designs. Their abilities get a little bit better. Their moves expand, stuff like that. So, like, Pikachu, the most famous one that everybody knows, actually has a baby form called Pichu, and it's this tiny little mousy Pokemon yeah, with cute. these cute little ears, mm-hmm. and it's, like, half the size of normal Pikachu. Well, Pichu evolves when it reaches a certain level um, after battling to Pikachu. And then Pikachu, if you give it a certain stone, evolves into a slightly chunkier, cooler version called Raichu. So it's like there's different stages to each Pokemon's life. And that's something that um, the creators, as the games have progressed, they've like released pre-evolutions and evolution forms. So like it was Pikachu and Pichu, the one that Gunter mentioned, the little baby, actually came out like a couple generations after, correct? Yes, Pichu came out uh, in the second generation, which is after Pikachu and Raichu were originally introduced. Yeah, so that's just more ways that they can introduce new Pokemon is that they they have these evolutions and everything. It's like, oh, they actually have a baby we just discovered in the new games. Pick them up. Yeah. (laughs) But the evolution part actually pissed a lot of religious people off in the 2000s. And I actually personally knew some people that were not allowed to play Pokemon because their parents thought it was anti-Christian or anti, um, well, yeah, anti-Christian. Because, Anti-creationism. Because, yeah. yeah, creationism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it had, quote-unquote, evolution. See, that was not really an issue where I grew up. I grew up in the North, so I did not really have any parents. Yeah. So, um, so I didn't encounter that, but yeah. (laughs) Even though it was like a big mania for kids and video games, not everybody was impressed. Per usual, everyone's got something to say and something to be negative about. 
Um, the worlds in each game are really fleshed out, and typically they're inspired by real-world regions uh, such as Japan. Uh, the first three, four generations of Pokemon games are all based on different regions of Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a set of games based on Hawaii. Uh, there's a set of games based in France, like the Pokemon fictional version of France. Uh, some of the most recent games, Sword and Shield, were based off of a fictional version of England. Uh, there's some based in America. And the most, most recent games, the ones that we're going to talk about a little bit later, are based on Spain and Portugal, the Iberian Peninsula. Yes. So the characters in the Pokemon are designed to represent real-world animals and cultural references and even some mythological references and creatures. So there's a lot of real-world inspo that gets warped and merged together to create these Pokemon. Yeah, and so something that's in- interesting, I think it was it's a it's a pretty genius um PR move is uh the games will come out as pairs. So like like Gunter said, the first games to come out in the US were red and blue, correct? Uh yeah. And and sometimes they'll do something where there's like the pair will come out and then a little while later they'll be like a mashup of the two kind of so like i don't know if y'all remember like diamond and pearl and then there was platinum and which ruby was and like... sapphire broke world records back in 2003 when they mm-hmm. came out everybody was obsessed with ruby and sapphire yeah. but it's like so that move that they had where they released these pairs uh the games have a pretty similar storyline but they have some different pokemon and of course the main difference is that the legendary or like the Pokemon on the the cover of the games are right. like the things that make the, really the most different. Um, that like that's the final Pokemon you're gonna try to get or whatever. And you can only get like the version that's on the box yeah. in that game. So there are like version exclusives, but that's a really good move because one, it either makes people want to buy both so they can get all the Pokemon. Gotta catch them all, mm-hmm. okay? Or it makes people want to encourage their family members or other people, their friends, to buy the other game so that they can trade and catch them all That's that way. That's what Trevor and I do. So, like, every time a new set of games come out, we both buy the opposite version, even though we're getting pretty much the same story, the same play experience. Mm-hmm. There are certain Pokemon that are programmed to show up in his game that are accessible, but in my version of the game... uh they're nowhere to be found. Like, you can't catch them. It, it forces you to go out into the real world and have to trade with people or spend another, like, drop the same amount of money for the other version, same experience, but just for the little mm-hmm. tidbits here and there. Um, That's kind of what made Pokemon, I think, as famous as it is. It was one of... It, if I'm not incorrect... It was the very first video game that took the idea of the trading card, like the sport trading card, mm-hmm. um, where kids would like have like a random packet of cards that they could buy. Yeah. And then if they had like a, a really good card, but they wanted someone else's really good card, you could like you could like haggle and decide. Yeah, and if this you was the thing even when our parents were kids, they had like baseball cards and, and yeah. stuff like that. And or I'm sure y'all know if you knew about Pokemon cards, you had Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes, Yu-Gi-Oh was a cards. thing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so it took that idea and turned it into a digital uh, interface, like with the video game, where the creatures were quasi alive. They weren't just like on a piece of paper mm-hmm. or cardboard that you would like then hand over. 
um, you could actually interact with them. You could send them into battle. You could use their moves. You could train them. You could move them around. So it was like you could actually bring some like quasi living elements to this thing that you've attached to. Yeah. And so that's like, that's pretty much the brief intro history, but yeah. So it was a Pokemania, you know, everyone was going crazy about it, but then what happened Gunter? It seems like Pokemon got kind of lame or people (laughs) thought it was lame for a while. So (laughs) as, as with all fads, it, it did have a decline in popularity. So it started cool in the late nineties and the early two thousands and then it got uncool for a while. And for a while, I mean, like, more than, like, 10-ish years. Um, after, like, 2003, I would say, excuse me, so rude. What? Oh, did you not hear that? No. Yay, my boop doop uh, my notification went off in my headphones. Oh, no, I didn't hear it. Okay. I was like, oh, my gosh, what? Okay. good. Um, so, uh, From, like, 2003, after Ruby and Sapphire came out, pretty much from then on till 2016, Pokemon was kind of for the nerds. It was for the kids who liked drawing anime characters or reading manga or didn't play a sport at school. Um, Like, that's the stereotype. And I feel like I can say that because that was me. I was a choir kid, and then I went home and played Pokemon. Yeah, and I was... And people would make fun of me for it. ...involved in a sport every single season of the year. Um, so I, I, the last games that I remember playing, I did, like, Leaf Green and Fire Red on the Game Boy. And then I got a DS, and then I played Platinum, and then I didn't play any Pokemon until I met Gunter. <laughs> and Platinum came out, like, 2007 or 8, Yeah, think. so I took, like, 12 years off from yeah. playing Pokemon, took really. A yeah. Um, okay. Um, what happened in 2016? Pokemon Go! Pokemon Go, go to the, the polls! polls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pokemon Go, get a job! Um, (laughs) Before Pokemon Go, pretty much anybody that played Pokemon was considered a nerd or a weirdo. Um, Especially if you were uh, an older teenager or even an adult. uh, People would constantly say stuff like, "Mm, You play Pokemon? Why do you still do that? How old are you? Like, stuff like that. And it comes from this misconception that Pokemon is juvenile. Like, just just the surface level is, oh, it's for kids, it's cartoonish, it's fantasy, go out in the real world yeah. and play with a real the cool, animal. The, or the cool kids were playing Call of Duty and Halo and, you know, and killing stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we're over here doing, like, animal fights, like yeah. cock fights, but in fantasy world But I feel like, friendship. just in general, Nintendo kind of took, like, a backseat for a while, like... They just were not as mainstream and cool. As, like, Xbox and PlayStation. Right. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And, um, I mean, for those of you that don't know this, but, like, Pokemon is a Nintendo exclusive. You're not going to find it on the other gaming systems. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Pokemon Go comes out in 2016, and everybody and their mom is downloading this game. I was in my kitchen and my old house, uh... Over summer break, I was making, like, dinner one night, and I heard that it was being dropped at, like, 
7 p.m. or 6 p.m. this day in the summer. And I had my phone out and I was refreshing the app store every 30 seconds, waiting for it to pop up, and it did. This was like the first time that Pokemon was taken away from like, oh, you're staring at a screen that's like stuck on a TV, which is not like moving. Mm -hmm. Like it's a video game. Like we all know what that experience is going to be like. But it took Pokemon and put it into this like alternate reality and it, it relied on your location and your movement and you to go out places away from your house to go encounter Pokemon just like your character would in a video game. And something about that got so many people. I know professors that... people were just glued to their phones at this point in time. Right, so it was like the perfect concoction. When Pokemon first came out, we didn't have smartphones, okay? Yeah, no. (laughs) But then they had to figure out how can we get the smartphone... which everyone is obsessed with to how can we tie Pokemon into that? And I think it was, I mean, it was genius. It was genius. They were making so much money. It was all over the news. It was a cultural phenomenon. It still kind of is just, I think some people have fallen off. I will say though, it did suck living in the middle of nowhere when it came out because I had my, the nearest gym for me, I had to like walk like, two miles away from my house like like it was blairstown new jersey hey shout out there was one gym at like my high school that i went to and then there was a gym at like the local park and that was it in like a 30 mile radius of and and i had to drive i i said walk two miles i had probably had to drive five to ten minutes to get to a gym yeah which is like cuckoo so it really wasn't it it wasn't as big in rural areas but that makes sense um it, it got people on their feet out in the real world. Oh, true. Because going to parks. Had to, didn't you have to like literally walk to hatch eggs and stuff? You literally like, had yeah. to. They did like an update very quickly mm-hmm. after the app first launched. Um, you had to walk to get certain items and hatch your eggs and make certain progress. And some people would try to leave it open while they were in the car guilty yeah but it, it caught on yeah you like have it, your mom or have... your friend drive you around and it's like cheat codes no but but no i mean like i thought what it would do was like if you were moving too fast it wouldn't count it like it well knew. That, that was an update okay. later on i think yeah. uh it would recognize that you were moving fast and it would be like mm, you're in a car yeah. one we're not counting this and two you better not be driving yeah um it was accessible to everybody with a smartphone at that yes. point. You didn't have to buy a console to play. Yeah, you didn't have you to didn't be have a have Nintendo to, yeah. freak or um, a Nintendo fanboy uh, or a Pokemaniac. You didn't yeah. have to be any of those things to be able to drop into that world, collect those Pokemon and see them like walking around and moving and being animated. And something about that was so enticing to tons of people who had never been Pokemon people yeah. before. So it made a comeback. Pokemon made a comeback overall. And then when the Switch came out, I feel like that was, a, you know, another time that the, you know, creators of Pokemon were like, okay, we have to do, this is good, like, this is our opportunity. Everyone kind of got hooked back in with Pokemon Go, and now we have to make games for the Switch because the Switch also exploded. Because and it's a home it console was, that you that's can take mobile. with you. Again, it's mobile. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, that is a little bit of the backstory of the Pokemon franchise. Now we're going to get into some of the gameplay so that you know what we're talking about when we start our review. 
So the basics are you go out into the wild, you have your little Pokeball, which is supposed to be like the fictional, dig- like futuristic version of those like little capsules in those like quarter turn style machines. Yeah, kind of like a big gumball machine, but it's like those plastic things that you pop the cap off they have and like there's a, a ring red inside. bottom and a clear top and you like, yeah, you break it open and there's like a little stupid piece of plastic. Yeah, so those <laughs> those capsules uh, are what inspired the idea of the Pokeball being like this like futuristic thing that pops open and your Pokemon turns into some kind of energy. Uh, it's, they've never yeah, explained it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it it goes into the ball. The ball contains it until you're ready to throw it out and use it in battle or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it makes these creatures that would be like two tons uh, much more movable within the universe of this thing. So you go out into the world and you uh, you spy a Pokemon. You want to catch it. You throw a Pokeball at it, weaken it a little bit, ta-da, it's in the capsule, it's energized or whatever, and you take it with you on your journey. You can catch as many as you want in any in each game, but you can only have six on you at a given time. It's called your party. So each Pokemon can learn different moves as they grow. Each Pokemon can have up to four moves at any given time. You'll, pro- you'll notice a trend that Pokemon, even though it's this big, massive world that you can, like, go catch creatures of fictional, like, abilities and powers and mythologies and all this stuff, there's still limits to make sure that there's some some difficulty for the players. Yeah, there's still, like, there's strategy and stuff you have involved. To, and... You have to be really creative with your team of six if you want to be successful in the game. Yeah. You've got to be really creative when each Pokemon can learn a total of, like, 50-something, 60-70-something moves, but they can only have four at a time, so you have to be really, like, strategic about what you're doing. Um, they can forget and remember moves as they grow, uh, but they can only have four at a time. Attacks are the moves that lower the opponent's health, or change the opponent's abilities, and vice versa. It's this, like, back-and-forth, tic-tac-toe approach. I make a move, it's my turn, then you make a move, it's your turn. Very chess-like, almost. Um, So there's a lot to consider, uh, and you'll never be prepared for all of the possible scenarios in a Pokemon battle with your friends, with the video game. Um, It takes a lot of mental strategy, and the reason for that strategy is not just the moves. It's not just the limited amount of Pokemon. It is the types. The types, types, types. Trevor, what are types? So, um, like Gunter said, type, knowing like type advantages, type disadvantages, um, working with the types is really important for Pokemon battling. Um, basically, it's like, like... At its most basic, it's kind of like each Pokemon has one to two element that they are associated with, not periodic table. Like, it's like fire, We're fire water, air, earth, water, air, earth. Yeah. yeah, stuff like that. Um, So if you watch, like, Avatar, you know the, those four. But in Pokemon, there are actually 18 different types, and they all have, like, ways of interacting with one another. So, like, 
It's like a game of like 18 fold rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, yes, exactly. So there's like some that are like weak to others, some that dominate others, and some that are kind of neutral against one another, and some that don't affect each other at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But like I said, there are 18 types. And do you want me to read them? I can go through them. Okay. Do it. So we have normal type, which this is kind of weird. It's like a, it's like most normal type Pokemon resemble animals. animals. Yeah, animals that you would find in on Earth, but cartoonized just a little bit. Yeah, but they don't have any like special. They're not like shooting laser beams out of their eyes and fire out of their. Yeah, it's like a a sheep and a squirrel. And a, like that's like yeah. the normal type. Then you have fire, water, and grass. And so fire, water, and grass. Correct me if I'm wrong, but those the starters are always one. Like in the those main are games, the three yes, they're always fire or water or grass. Yeah. Yes, and then they might evolve to have a second type in the future. But anyway, after those three, we have electric, ice, psychic, Ooh. dragon, dark, fairy, fighting. Poison, flying, bug, rock, ground. How is that different? Anyway, ghost and then steel. I don't think we've missed any. I was very diligent with creating the list. Types are something that I'm obsessed with in Pokemon. He knows, like, all the interactions. Like, I'm like, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to this gym. Gunter, what pokemon do i need to make or not what pokemon but like what type should i consider having on my team so i know how to win (laughs) right so because each type has like its own advantages disadvantages all that stuff you really have to think about how the moves and the pokemon's types themselves um for example if i have a grass type that i'm using in a battle and trevor's over here with a fire type guess who's gonna win that battle yeah there are some that are like pretty it's like common sense. It's you're not fire type. You're not going to show up to a bonfire and try to put it out with a stick. Okay. Yeah, no, because yeah. the fire's just going to burn the stick. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what then, would you what would you put a bonfire out with? Yeah, my water type Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to so, drench you so, so you can't use your fire. So even if you don't know, like have the Flame type on. matchups memorized, you can kind of reason with some of them. Yeah, some of them are like logical... Um, one of the one of the ones that confused me for the longest time, but once I realized it, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Ground types are like Pokemon that dwell in like like underground or they're very like sand mud oriented, yeah. like in their design and their element and their habitat. Um electric types are exactly what they sound like. They're like shooting lightning, they have to deal with like electrical powers and whatnot. Electric moves do not affect a ground-type Pokemon at all. They are immune. Mm -hmm. They will take no damage from an electric move. And that's because what do you have to do with electrical wiring to prevent any, like, mishaps and stuff? You have to ground ground the electric wires and currents to make sure that any excess electricity is going into the earth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, a... There's logical reasons behind why these things work. But then you... There are some types, you know, dragon... Like, that's not a real thing. It's so not a real that's thing. That's not going to yeah. have a logical... That's a fantasy like, power. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, fun fact, dragon is only super effective against other dragons. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. You didn't? <laughs> no. Wow. Um, and then, I guess another example would be... Uh, ghost is super effective against psychic types because 
it's this idea of like a psychic being a medium and then being possessed by a ghost or an evil entity or whatever and controlling and them. And then like ghost and normal type Pokemon can't hurt, hurt each, each other, other. Cause like ghosts pass right through yeah, normal it's like, things. It's like yeah. ghosts are on one plane of existence while yeah. normal type are like in the physical plane and they can't interact with each other if they're using normal and ghost type so they've thought a lot of this through like it it makes sense but then there are other ones like isn't like fairy weak to fighting or super effective against fighting fighting is weak to fairy see and it's like why it's like why yeah in in what in what world is bruce lee fighting uh what's her face from lord of the rings tinkerbell oh Tinkerbell. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, it's, yeah. So some of them are a little creative. But but they had to do that because you can't just have types that are not weak to anything or like, yeah. Right. Um, Like (sighs) poison is weak to psychic. I have no idea why. What, what about being a psychic removes poison from a, also why is poison a type? That's an interesting, I think that's an interesting idea for a type. Yeah, well, that's why I said, why is dragon a type? Exactly. Yeah. I and then poison's yeah. also weak to ground. Why? And also, why, because herbs why is grow there, in the ground? Why is there a know. dark type, but not a light type? Interesting. You know? Yeah, it's... So, anyway. So, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> when you realize that there's a ton of math and strategy behind the moves and uh, what's going to be a good move in this battle versus this battle... You realize why adults actually like to play Pokemon. Um, there's a competitive aspect to it. If you want to get good at Pokemon, it's literally like playing 20-dimensional chess. There's the Pokemon and its types, its different moves and their types, how they're going to affect the opponent, what items are we holding, what special effects are happening, what weather is happening. Pokemon has these, like, levels of entry to its gameplay. It's, mm-hmm. like, steps up a staircase. Um, you can play casually for Pokemon you like, and because you want to, like, have the little fantasy escapism, kids love the cartoony parts of Pokemon. It's like exploring the world because they can't do it on their own yet, right? But in a fantasy Yeah, and world. it's fun to, like, like, my, my, one of the reasons that I really like Pokemon is I just like going and completing my Pokedex. Like, I like just collecting all the pokemon you do love a task i just like going going out into the whatever game and and being like oh here's a pokemon i haven't seen before i want to catch it like i'm not really that big into the competitive side of it but so that's one step Mm -hmm. is the casual playing for the collect-a-thon uh part of the game or you can build teams and go to tournaments and try to make money, like in the real world, and can, and fight against yeah, other people are who like are training their teams. Champions yeah. in real world. Like, like if you've heard of esports, like Pokemon was kind of what started that. Like people would go to these conventions to battle each other and learn what everybody else is doing and what ideas they've come up with. Anywho, there are different levels, and there's a variety of other things that you can do in the Pokemon games that makes it accessible and challenging depending on which level you're at. If you're a kid, it's very accessible, not very challenging. If you are getting more into the adult sphere, there's way more detail to it at being like good and competitive in the real world. Um, one of the biggest parts of Pokemon's appeal to me specifically, but I, I think the world overall, because it's it's such a social media 
like juggernaut at this point. When a new mm-hmm. Pokemon design gets released, it goes viral. Everybody's tweeting. Everyone's about it. always everybody's like looking forward art. to what the three starters will be in the next game. Like they, yeah, like yeah. the way that Pokemon has designed their creatures, it's like it's like just it. Typically, overall, this isn't you know fact for every Pokemon in my opinion, but. They never go too far and add too much to the designs, for the most part. When in other franchises, like, uh, Transformers comes to mind, another franchise that kids like, Mm -hmm. the Transformers are, like, overly designed. Like, they're these giant mecha robots or whatever. Power Rangers, which we used to watch when we were kids, all of the evil guys that are, like, the giant monsters in the city. All of that kind of stuff gets over-designed, so it almost to me, becomes too much to look at and focus on at one time. Mm. The Pokemon designs are just fantasy enough when they're inspired on, like, real-world animals. They just get fantasied up just a smidge so that you still recognize that they look like a real-world animal, but they're just different enough that it's like, this fantastical creature, like, Mm -hmm. I want to see what it can do. So they're really good at designing the actual Pokemon and the characters and coming up with origins for them that relate to real world scenarios and, and references. So one of the examples that I thought of while I was typing some info for the podcast was a less popular Pokemon called Banette or Bayonet, whatever you want to call it. It is a ghost type Pokemon that is designed to be off of like a rugged torn up doll that became animated after it developed a grudge for being thrown out by its former <laughs> owner, a child. Um, this Pokemon is literally like, the Annabelle of Pokemon. <laughs> literally, yeah. it's like the haunted doll of yeah. Pokemon. So a kid throws it out, and it's in the lore, uh, and it it gets like cursed by its own grudge, and it comes from this idea. Um, I can't remember if it's. I think it's a Japanese. Um, like a uh, folklorish kind of belief that inanimate objects have souls and have like um, a presence in the universe. And if you treat inanimate objects poorly, they get cur- it like curses them and they come back to find like vengeance on people. Mm. So it's like you have to take care of your stuff like okay, yeah. in a, in a cosmic celestial sense. And, Bayonet is like this doll thrown away, gets cursed by the grudge that it has for being tossed out, and it morphs the doll into this like gray, tattered looking body where it looks like it has a, a tail of like, like straw that was in the doll, like like poking out, like it's ripped out, and its mouth has a zipper on it that cut that like keeps the mouth shut all the way across the face and it has like this permanent creepy smile that is the zipped up mouth uh like something you'd see in a horror movie mm-hmm. the pokemon is very macabre and it shows that they get really dark with their designs sometimes it's not always fun in pikachu okay it's not always sunshine and yellow little rats that shoot lightning out of their cheeks and say pika okay mm-hmm. um I guess another design that sticks out is Lapras, which is a water and an ice type that's based off of a plesiosaur. So like a dinosaur, the the plesiosaur, if you're like driving or something and can't Google it, it 
was that long-necked dinosaur that would, like, swim in the ocean with its little pads. Uh, just had a super long neck. That's pretty much what they're known for. And Lapras was apparently based off of interpretations of the Loch Ness Monster. So if you've ever seen, like, the faked images that people supposedly found of them uh, almost maybe even more than 100 years ago, it was like this, like, neck that would pop out of the water and go back in and curl out. So it was like this long serpentine creature. So they're using, like, real-world uh, references to develop some of these modern ideas for Pokemon. Trevor, tell us about the next one. The next Pokemon? Yeah. I don't know. You could go on and on about all the different origin stories of each Pokemon. Like, uh, I don't... Gun- I mean, you right. really... Like, I just... Like, I think it's really good that we acknowledge that some of them have really cool origin stories, and some of them are not so cool. I think Gunter really just likes Bronzong, which is why he wants to talk about <laughs> this, but uh, okay, well, I don't have a connection to this. for me and all my Bronzong <laughs> yeah, fans. Yeah. Long story short, it's based off of a Japanese, um, like, myth. Uh, Bronzong is this big steel bell that, like, floats and has, like, a greenish-blue patina to its color scheme. Uh, it starts off as a Pokemon called Bronzor, which is like this, the same color, that patina, copper, uh, bronze color, and it's just like a floating mirror with eyes. It's very mysterious, hence why it's a steel and a psychic type. It's a mirror and it's mysterious. It's got these like powers that people don't know fully. And there's like this myth that this lady didn't want to give up her mirror, but the priests at a temple needed donations to melt down and create a bell that they could ring to bring good harvest and all that. But because she regretted it, the bell, the mirror would not melt in into the cast of the bell that they were trying to do. So the fact that a mirror evolves into a giant floating bell in the world of Pokemon, unless you were looking at the myth, you'd be like, what? How are yeah. they, how is a mirror related to a giant, like, bell? And, like, to go even further, he said, like, it couldn't melt. Um, Bronzor and Bronzong can have the ability heat-proof, and so that makes them, like, less... They they get less damaged by fire-type moves, and so that's, like, a reference into his origin story, too. So so some of these Pokemon have just very thought-out, yeah. like references which is is cool like Like i never would have known that that's not a myth that we hear about in america yeah but then there are other ones that is like for example in the new (laughs) games there's one called smoliv and it's literally just an olive it's literally a small (laughs) olive olive (laughs) yes and And it it i think it actually references that meme uh that i've seen on like twitter a thousand times at this point where it's like I'm small. Mm-hmm. Where it spells it S-M-O-L. That's literally the first four letters of Smoliv's name. Yes. So there are, there are other ones that are just kind of dumb and not as, not as, you know, there's literally one that's a pile of trash. It's called Garbador. Garbador. Or yeah. It starts <laughs> like, as Trubbish. Yeah. Trash so, and rubbish. Ah. Um, but like, it's cool. It's like, Gunter likes to kind of really dive into like the the lore and myth behind the each one Pokemon. that he doesn't want to talk about is one that i i can't i can't let it go because everybody has seen it before yeah but grimer and muck <sighs> okay they're, it's they're literally pokemon that are like animated 
piles of, they're sentient piles of purple toxic sludge. They're purple poop water Pokemon that have a face. It's a puddle of poop water yeah. that's purple and has a face, and that's a Pokemon. Yeah, so... So some of them are some, not that original. Some designs are really cool. Some designs are kind of like, meh. Meh. But the whole thing is everyone likes different things. They all have different favorites. There's and a so variety here. Now we're going to talk about some of our favorites. Um, so... What we're going to do is we're going to talk about um, our favorite types yep. and then like our favorite Pokemon. And we wanted to narrow it down to like three favorite types and five favorite Pokemon. It's going to be very difficult, I don't, but I'm going to do yeah, it. Yeah, there's going to be honorable mentions, okay? <laughs> like There might be 15 for me and yeah. you're going to be okay. And if you are not like familiar with Pokemon, this is the time that I would recommend that you pull over on the side of the road. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> Uh, but if you were listening to the podcast and your hands are free, you should Google some of these Pokemon that we're about to talk about so you can see kind of where our personal favorite aesthetics are in the in the games. Yes, I agree. So, Gunter, do you want to tell us what your top three types are? <sighs> this is so difficult. It, it really is. Uh, I, like I said earlier, I'm obsessed with types. Mm-hmm. So I love creating Pokemon teams where they all share a a similar type it just it fits the lore of pokemon so well um my favorite type it's like a tie between ghost and ice types i love ghost and ice types and i think my my third at this point in life i think is psychic I was not expecting to say that. Oh, yeah. It was in my top five, but I wasn't sure it was in my top three. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you want to hear mine? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I don't have, like, a number one, but I have a top three. My top three are dark, psychic, fairy, and... Honorable mention. Gunter thinks this is weird, but honorable mention is poison. I yeah. do have a weird affinity towards, and I think honestly, purple is one of my favorite colors. So maybe that's why I don't know. <laughs> There's so but, many ghost types that are purple, though. Yeah. So I guess I just I like the attacks. I like I like poisoning my opponents too when I use Sludge Bomb or whatever, and it poisons them. So interesting. Yeah. Um, why do you like dark types so much? I I I don't. I think again, I like their moves. And I like the vibe. A lot of dark type Pokemon, now that I think about it, are really based in real world animals. A lot of the other types are like kooky, creative, mythological stuff. But dark types oftentimes end up being these like, like they look like real world animals, just like grungier. Yeah. Dark types have like a bad boy like image to them. And like, I don't know. It's just, yeah, they're, they're. Kind of creepy, but not as creepy as the ghost Pokemon. I don't know. I just like... And darkness is something that is intriguing to me. So mm. now we're going to talk about our... So you're going to read my tarot cards? Faves. I do like tarot cards, but... Also, one could maybe say that's psychic. One could also <gasps> say that's yes. ghost. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of. So... Um, But yeah, sometimes also on that note... Sometimes you'll see a Pokemon and you'll be like, oh, that's clearly oh, this type. And then they're like, and then it's no. absolutely not. Which that kind of disappoints me sometimes. But like there's, Charizard, there's overlap. Charizard like, is like a famous example. 
He's the big orange dragon looking thing with the tail that has fire on the end of it. Mm-hmm. He's in every freaking game, every anime, every card. It's uh, it's all over the place. It's a little annoying. It looks like a dragon. It is designed after a dragon. It's not a dragon type. It is yeah. a fire and a flying type. Mm-hmm. How boring. Yeah. But anyway, Charizard, not one of our favorites. But we're going to talk about our favorites I used now. to love him. And then Pokemon Company was like, oh, you haven't had enough Charizard? Here, let me shove it down your throat yeah, even more. it was more. just kind of like too much. It's too much. Um, okay, do you want to hear about my faves or do you want to talk about your Tell faves? me your faves. Tell me your faves. Okay. So I went through the entire Pokedex online and because I haven't heard these, so yeah, I'm really yeah. excited. Um, it was really hard for me to only pick five. I'm going to have quite a few honorable mentions. And then I also decided to pick my favorites from the new game. So Scarlet and Violet, like of, is this generation nine? yes yes so i picked my faves from the new ones but then i have like my faves from the older games so from the older games if i had to pick a top five oh i also picked my favorite legendaries too but i'm not counting them in my top five it's okay (laughs) uh, okay my top five are espion i just love her i was obsessed with pokemon coliseum when i was younger describe what she looks like for the fans she is a I'm going to say her color is, like, she's, like, pink, but it's kind of, like, a shadowy purple. It's very like, fuchsia. Y- yeah, but she's, like, dull. She's not, like, bright. She's a fuchsia. pastel. Yeah. And she is a cat with two, ta- like, her tail kind of splits into two, and she has, like, a gem in the center of her forehead. And these big old ears. Yes, and she is, of course, with the gem on her forehead, she's a psychic she's type. She's a psychic. And she does this thing. She kind of, like, perches like a cat. And in Colosseum, whenever she would attack, she would, like, roll her head. And, like, the psychic energy would, like, come out of the crystal. Uh-huh. It was just... I really enjoyed... She was a diva. And yeah. he vibed. And now we know why. Yes. So, Espeon, a serve. Also a psychic that I love, but also a fairy. Gardevoir. <sighs> Gardevoir is beautiful. She is she's slay. basically always she's yeah. always on her wedding day. Yes, and she's also I just like the combination of psychic and fairy. I like a lot of those animations for their uh-huh. uh, moves and everything. So love her. Describe what Gardevoir looks like for the fans. I don't even know how to describe it. She's like a plant wearing a dress. She's not a plant. She gives plant just because she's green doesn't make her. And a she plant. has kind of like this emo. Okay. Scene kid no. hair that's I'm, green. No. <laughs> and yes, look, look. You, I'm vetoing your description because it's so wrong. Gardevoir is like a very feminine humanoid Pokemon who wears this like long paper looking like white dress. And uh, her hair actually looks like more of like a 60s, 50s housewife bob where it like curls behind and under her ears i see that um and she like whips her dress around she just looks really regal she's she looks like she's a ballroom dancer you know what she's giving me honestly she's like princess peach of pokemon okay but but more more regal no i'll say zelda she's like the (gasps) zelda of pokemon i will accept that (laughs) happily yeah she's gorgeous gardevoir Mm. um another one of my faves 
gosh, this is already getting hard because I only have three left. Um, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I'm going to give it to Zorark. I don't know if I'm saying that. <gasps> Zorark. Yeah. He is a dark type, like, fox. He can also of... be a she. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I just, I, yeah. But particularly, I like the Arceus version with the flames. Oh, the Legends Arceus yes. version. Yeah. It's I like, not really flames. It's, it's like... It's supposed to be bloody fur. Oh. I yeah, that's why that. it's red. But so, so I like... I like both designs, but so another thing about Pokemon is as you go to different regions, you can get like a different form of a, of a Pokemon of a that you already know of. Yeah. yeah, but I just like the design of Zoroark. He's he's kind of gives me if y'all played like Sly Cooper, mm. like kind not really, but like a little. Well, bit. It, it is. Yeah, it there's a fox in those games, right? Uh, I guess Sly Cooper is a raccoon. Right. But he has a bushy but tail just like yeah, Zoroark's hair. So, yes. Yeah, I see And it. it's the whole thing about, like, foxes being sneaky and mischievous, like... And in Japan, um, there's a lot of folklore and mythology about how foxes are, like, um, these, like, very spiritual and psychic And they're very smart. Entities. And, yeah. yeah. So, love that. And then another one that I have to give it up for, it was my first shiny I ever discovered. Um... I didn't know what shinies were until I got Sword and Shield, and then I was playing this game, and every time I played this one Pokemon that I thought was cute, it would, like, sparkle. And I Which was is like, not normal. Yeah, and I was like, Gunter, why does this, like, Pokemon sparkle every time I throw it out? Because I knew that it wasn't normal, but I didn't know why it wasn't normal. And then he turned around and was like, what? And it's because it was a shiny. Can you explain what a shiny is for the people? Yeah, yeah, so, like, you know how I just explained that Gardevoir, like is white like it wears like a white dress and then every uh, basically every other color on its body is green mm-hmm. there's some pink accents but yeah. you know barely um a shiny pokemon is actually a fan-made term that became so popular the video game franchise actually adopted it and made it official in their later games a shiny is a pokemon whose like natural color scheme their color palette is different one out of like four thousand eight hundred, uh, like that's your probability of finding one at any given moment. Uh, so they're very, 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 very rare. Like some people play Pokemon for years and never find a shiny. Like they are rare. It it's really just a color palette change. Yeah. Uh, so like Espeon sometimes is that, barely a color palette. Change. Yeah. Some of them it's like you have to you have to look really hard yeah. and it's kind of unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But like Espeon, like you talked about earlier, its shiny form goes from its normal form that pastel purple Magenta, color, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. to being bright acid lime green. Yes. That's what its shiny is. Mm-hmm. Um, shinies more have like a social and like a probability value it's like fun to show it off doesn't to your friends make them like stronger you know yeah. if anything most of the time when you're looking for a shiny you basically accept that you're not going to have any control over like its level its abilities like it it might you're have not trying stats. to like train and battle with them you just want to keep them well you, like, uh, i train and battle mine well, once i catch no them. yeah but i'm saying the goal is not they're not appealing because they're like super pokemon they're just rare it's just rare rare. it's collecting rare yeah Yeah. 
But anyway, so my first shiny I ever caught was Inke, which is like this little squid. And then he transforms, or transforms, he evolves into Malamar, which is like this big kind of like squid. It kind of looks like he's wearing a tuxedo, not a tuxedo, but like a, like he, he's give, he gives like, I'm better than you energy it's like a squid upside down like the head yes. is actually where the feet are and the 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 head the <laughs> actual head like where the pokemon's face is is its tentacles but that make it like hair almost it, it makes it look yeah. like hair yeah um but he is dark and psychic so you know two of my faves and then okay my last of my top five this is hard this is hard and I'm going to say it's a tie. Okay, I'm going to say it's a tie. <laughs> Between Salazzle mm. and Dragalge. Oh! So two poison types. Um, I just love... Salazzle is just... Girl, she is serving... I'm not going to say that word. But she is... She is just... <laughs> A sexy little salamander. If okay. she was on RuPaul's Drag Race, yeah. <laughs> she would she, she would win the week. She would have charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. Okay, <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah, um, but she is like she's a lizard or salamander. I, I think she's supposed to be at the yeah. It's just like a general reptile and lizard. Her thing. shiny form is so pretty. Like she's like so she's originally she's like a uh, black or like dark gray. With, with, like, purple and pink purple accents and pink. on her belly. It's, like, giving you acid, you know, like, poison. But her shiny is, like, white with red, mm. right, accents? Red? I think it's it still pink. Okay. I think it's, it's still, it's still, still the pink. pink. But all of the gray skin on mm-hmm. the entire body turns, like, white. Like, bone white. Yeah. And so I, I just like that change. And, then and I have one. Yes, he does. Salazzle's actually hard harder to get the normal shinies mm-hmm. because only the females yes. from the baby form evolve into Salazzle. The males can't evolve. Mm-hmm. So I hatched two males before I got a single female. It took days. Yes. And um, drag algae I really like because I love leafy sea dragons. Mm-hmm. I, they're one of my favorite animals. They're so And funny. it's a poison type and I just really like his design a lot. And, and the, a dragon type. Yeah. And the way that it like moves on the screen. I like that. Mm. Other um, honorable mentions. We got Milotic. Ugh. Just a classic. One of my favorites. It's like this water Pokemon that just looks so regal. and She's like, considered the most beautiful in the Pokemon world. Yeah. Clay Doll. I love clay doll. That's a psychic and ground type. It's like a clay pot almost that like has a bunch of different faces that like its head turns around. Um, I like Greninja. Just, just the design. It, I, I, it's like a tree frog, but a ninja. But its tongue is so long that it wraps it around itself like a scarf. It's kind of weird, but yeah. (laughs) And then this one I feel like is going to be weird to people because i don't know anyone else that likes this pokemon but she was one of my faves in sword and shield musharna (gasps) musharna yeah and i like she was on my final winning team i love musharna on sword and shield or maybe it was i think so is she not in the i don't know if she's in the newest games interesting Maybe it was Arceus, or I don't know. Anyway, I use Musharna because what I would do is I would always put people to sleep, and then I use Dream Eater and destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> but you're Mu- cruel. Musharna is like this little 
Li- she's not little. She's actually well, kind of chunky. She's huge. Yeah, yeah. But, but well, she's a mammoth. She's huge. Do you know what she's, she's based off of? No, I'm kidding. That was a Nicki Minaj reference. <laughs> um, she has ectoplasm coming out of her... It's dream mist. Okay, okay. It's like ectoplasm, but... Do you yeah. know what Mushona's design is based she off of? She kind of looks like a fetus, but I don't yes! know. Yes! <laughs> and the dream yeah. mist is supposed to be the her umbilical, umbilical cord. cord. Yeah. yeah. So if you... You need to look up Musharna because it, it really describes, like, Pokemon's, like, design, design philosophy. Yeah. And then... Sorry, this is taking so long. Favorite legendaries? I got three of them. Suicune. Love, love Suicune. Cresselia. Love Cresselia. And then Xerneas. And so you can just, like, look those three up. They're just very pretty. The color palettes are very similar. It's, like, blues, pinks, purples. Lots of color. Yeah. And and they're just... They're just... Xerneas is spelled with an X, and it's worth the Google. Yes. It's this beautiful, like... It's a fairy type. This beautiful, giant, like, deer Mm -hmm. that has these, like multiple antlers that like glow in rainbow it's so yeah. pretty and suicune again i think i like it so much because it was in pokemon coliseum mm. and i just remember playing and it's like ribbons or like yep you know yep anyway gunter tell us about your faves okay this is really difficult clearly it was difficult for me and i'm not even that <laughs> like huge into pokemon um but. my favorite pokemon is a tie between chandelure which mm-hmm. is a ghost and a fire type. It is a chandelier. It's literally like a like an animated, or it's an inanimate object, a chandelier, except it has a face made out of the glass that would be like the center of it, and it's like a it's like a gas fire chandelier. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have like all the the crystals dripping off yeah, of it. It's, it's not like Lumiere. Okay. No, imagine yeah. it's more <laughs> yeah. of like a rounded version of like a gas lamp that you would see in like the outside. It looks like, of a like rich gothic. Person's. Like yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. It's not like bar- baroque. It's like gothic. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. it has these purple ghostly flames. Um its arms are like the little wrought iron uh things that hold candles off to the side. Yeah, it kind of looks like Lumiere now that I think about yeah. it. Just like dark. Yeah. Uh, and it has purple flames that spout out of its head. Chandelure. Um, and it ties for my favorite with Metagross, which is this like, it looks like its main body is like a flying saucer. And on its face, it has like a giant mm-hmm. X on it. Um, and it is like this like disc-like Pokemon as its main body and it has four, like, hammer-looking legs, arms, whatever you want to call them. And it, it basically looks like a four-legged robot spider mech or whatever. I don't know why I was obsessed with it when I was a kid, but I love steel types for some reason. Like, I've always liked how shiny they are. And its design is based off of, like... um like a super intelligent supercomputer robot slash electromagnetic psychic. It's got a lot going on. Meta gross. It's also, spelled exactly it's like shiny you think. is beautiful. Too. It's shiny is beautiful. Yeah. And I have two of them. Um, and then, ugh, this is going to be difficult. So I'm just going to have to pick through my Rolodex. Blaziken. I love, 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 love Blaziken. It's a chicken. He's basically a humanoid chicken <laughs> that looks like a rock star. He has, like, the whole, like, uh, 
oh, I forget the lead singer of Poison's name, but like, he looks like he has that guy's like hair from back in the 80s. He looks like he's rocking an 80s rock band hairdo where it's just like down to your butt and it like yeah. splits off to the side. And this Pokemon's like entire design is like my favorite color palette. It's the prettiest red with like an accent of yellowy orange mm-hmm. and its legs are like super thick and it's a fire and a fighting type so it it kicks the crap out of its opponent and i love it um i guess another favorite it has to be oh, i can't believe it oh god this is difficult i'm gonna also have to say milotic okay milotic again being that that long serpentine beautiful pokemon it's she like, looks like she's like made of like crystal. Her, like, like her yeah, like tail. The, the, yeah. the bottom half of her tail yeah. looks like it's made out of like like prismatic crystals. It's like her scales. It I'm looks assuming, like stained glass but, almost. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Like imagine Rainbow Fish, but if Rainbow Fish got like a BBL and some Botox and uh, a facelift. <laughs> yeah. Y'all remember Rainbow Fish, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and she also has like where her eyes are, what would be like her eyebrows, I guess, and her design, like go up and out off her body and end up being these long, beautiful, pinky red, like, uh, fins that move around. She's gorgeous. Um, very gay, obviously, you know who you're dealing with at this point. Her name is Milo Tick, spelled exactly like you think it would be. And my last favorite that I'm going to pick... I have to I have to say in honor of Tabby and in honor of my childhood favorites, Umbreon. Another Pokemon Coliseum yeah. queen. She yes. is a like cat. She it's like based off of a black cat and kind of has some like bunny-esque features mm-hmm. almost because of its ears are so like up and out like a bunny. But its whole body is like black fur. And it has these yellow rings um, on each of its, like, uh, legs, like, off to the side. And it has the rings on its ears and on its tail and on its forehead. And so those rings, like, glow and fade and glow and fade. So the Pokemon, like, constantly looks like it has, like, glow sticks on its body when it's in the dark. So I really like it. It's a dark type. Again, that's Umbreon. Beautiful. You should look up all of these Pokemon. So those are our favorite Pokemon. Do you have any favorite legendaries? Or uh, not off the tip of your um, uh, I really love the Reggie trio. Reggie Rock, Reggie Ice, and Reggie Steel. I like a lot of other legendaries, but when they get so powerful that it feels unfair to use them, I almost yeah. forget that they exist. Yeah. Because sense. they just sit in the box because they're too strong. Yeah. But I do love Groudon Kyogre, too. Mm-hmm. I love Gen 3's legendaries. Um, before we get into the Scarlet and Violet review, we're almost there, people. We have almost yeah. made it. Mm-hmm. One Pokemon game that you get to play forever and no other Pokemon game, which game are you picking? This is going to be weird. I feel like, and this is going to be so contradictory, but I feel like I'm going to say Scarlet Violet. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get into yeah. it. I don't want you to tell me yeah. why yet. Um, I am having a really hard time with it. 
it is a it is a dead even neck and neck tie with Pokemon Emerald, which was the like director's cut upgraded version of Ruby and Sapphire that came out in like 2004 or 2005, I mm-hmm. think. Um, I have played that game so many times, so many times, and I could still, I could pull it out right now, tell you every item you're going to come across, every trainer, every Pokemon they have, uh, where every Pokemon is, and I could still play it like it's the first time and be excited about it. See, and I think we'll get into this, but Gunter is a very habitual, when it comes to games and TV shows. It's the OCD. He will, like, watch the same thing, or, like, watch the same thing on YouTube over and over and over again. So I think he just loves knowing what to expect, whereas I like to be surprised and have, like, endless possibilities. Isn't that, like, an anxiety thing? Yeah, no, it is. Ensure that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Again, it's... Dead Even with Pokemon XD Gale of Darkness, which was a GameCube exclusive back in... Like Pokemon Coliseum, right? Weren't they both GameCube It was a sequel to Pokemon Coliseum. Mm -hmm. It continued that story, which was the first Pokemon uh, GameCube game. Mm -hmm. But it was really fun, and the evil team creates shadow Pokemon... And uh, they're like evil, and you have to you snag them from the evil guys to beat them, and mm-hmm. it's like this like whole region wide governmental conspiracy. Uh, they did a really phenomenal job on the game, and it was three D, so it wasn't just like oh. the little handheld. Yeah, you could like move your character around in a three D world, and the battles were three D too, just like okay. Scarlet and Violet are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's neck and neck with those two. Those are my favorite games that I've played. Those are the Pokemon games I've absolutely played the most. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we get into the Scarlet and Violet review, we're going to take a short break, but we'll be right back. Ad break. Okay. We're back. Hello. It is time to get to, not necessarily the meat of the episode. Yeah, no. It's a meaty episode in general, but. Yeah, if you didn't know about Pokemon, now you're an expert. Congratulations. Mm -hmm. Um, The most recent game, Scarlet and Violet, came out two weeks ago. The same day that Nightmares and Daydreams came out, actually. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Trevor Which if you, and I... Oh, by the way, just if you haven't listened to that album yet, Nightmares... Double Fake album. <laughs> double album, Nightmares and Daydreams by Gunter. Uh, what are you doing? Go listen. Don't be a anyway. fake fan. <laughs> um, Scarlet and Violet are the newest Pokemon games. So of course, me and Trevor being the, you know, we did this for you. We bought <laughs> okay. these games $60 a piece for you Purely our for the podcast. <laughs> yes, only for the podcast. Not because I have a problem. We literally planned on buying them before we even wanted I to do a podcast. <laughs> I do I have a problem? <laughs> okay, but anyway. Anyway. Yeah. Scarlet and Violet were advertised with a huge campaign. Uh... Not too much information was given by the Pokemon company, although there were leaks happening. Lots of mystery, media. lots of anticipation. Lots of anticipation. Yeah. So a little context, the latest mainstream games that came out before were Pokemon Sword and Shield, the very first games for the Switch. Yes, big yawn from Gunter. But, and maybe that's to reflect how he feels about Sword and Shield. I mean, do I have over 500 hours logged in my copy of Shield? Yes. 
is it still kind of a boring game and i just did that because my ocd wants me to train a bunch of pokemon absolutely yeah and and like i said before sword i i got sword and sword was the first pokemon game i had played in over a decade so um my view of the game probably was not as critical as gunter's because i had almost forgotten kind of what pokemon games were all about if that makes sense. And I've been keeping up every step of the way. So yeah. I'm seeing, from my perspective, it seems like a lot of the games are not developing like they should. Like they're not making the progress that they should. And we'll yeah. get into it. But Sword and Shield had a lot of drama about which Pokemon were available and which ones were cut from the game. Uh, when Pokemon's whole thing is you can catch them and then trade them and bring them along on your next adventure into the next games and this was the first time that like oh we my pokemon is stuck like in the cloud i can't bring Mm. it into the new game because they decided that they didn't want to program it in which was a big big deal and it's it's contrary to the gotta catch them all slogan that has been their slogan for so long you know what i mean well they did remove it from the games back yes. in the early 2000s but, but that's i just what mean, everybody like that, knows that's pokemon what for. like it was founded on and so it stinks that in these newer games even though they are fully capable of having all these pokemon in it or at least available to transfer into you know they chose not to and it's yeah. unfortunate it it was a big scandal when it happened, so much so that fans started calling it the Dexit scandal. Oh, I didn't... Because the region was based on England, and it was right after the, oh, the Brexit thing had yes. happened. And then they were like, oh, so not all Pokemon are allowed to be in the games anymore. Like, Game Freak just gets to decide which of my buddies that I've had since the year 2003 gets to come along with me and which one has to stay in a computer, right? Which is unfortunate, but... Does it also mean that we're putting too much emotion onto digital creatures? <laughs> Perhaps. Um, before Sword and Shield, you could bring all your Pokemon from different adventures up to the newest games. So games that you have like hundreds and hundreds of hours of work and battling and training and Pokemon that you want to bring with you in the next adventure and give them the upgrades that the next game gives. That was cut in Sword and Shield. And Scarlet and Violet continued that, and there are some Pokemon that were available in Sword and Shield that are no longer available in Scarlet and Violet. And there are some Pokemon that have not been on a Switch console game yet. And the Switch has been out since 2017. It's 2020, almost 2023. So people are kind of annoyed at this, like, this, like, picking and choosing that the developers get to do. When the whole point of the franchise is like collecting them all mm-hmm. and keeping the ones that you attach to. So that's kind of uh, the context before Scarlet and Violet. Scarlet and Violet were supposed to be the next big upgrade. Sword and Shield were met with a lot of controversy. Uh, fans were like, okay, we like some of the new Pokemon and the fact that we're on the Switch now, but y'all didn't do enough. The story was very short and very boring. The region was very small and very boring. And then there was DLC that was kind of boring. I'm, I'm yeah. not going to lie. We paid extra for more boring content. So Pokemon's reputation was was kind of marred a little bit. 2019, 2020, 2021. And then Legends Arceus comes out. We're not here to talk about it, but it was almost an open world adventure. 
And you could go out and you could actually aim where you're throwing your Pokeball. Mm-hmm. It, not everything was just turn-based anymore. It was very exciting. And we were like very excited that that's the direction that it seems like they wanted to go. Yes. And it's like, because if you take, so Sword and Shield, I think, was it was a kind of built around the typical Pokemon game format. And then we got this kind, you know, this more open concept. And we were like, okay, if we can take getting a new generation of Pokemon, which is always exciting, with a complex story and have it be open world, this game could win, be... Win-win. Yeah, like, all, like people were hyped for Scarlet and Violet. And if you know anything about video games, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild came mm-hmm. out as, like, one of the first big Switch games. And it's completely open world, open-ended. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. There's no forced path. You can get creative as you want to figure things out. Um, and we're, we were hoping for Pokemon to do something like that. And, okay. I said, Gunter said, if you could play one Pokemon game for the rest of eternity, which one would you pick? And to his shock, I said, Scarlet and Violet. And the reason I say that is, well, first of all, they're based on the Iberian Peninsula. Over the summer, I went to Barcelona. So it's cool to see how they have adapted the game so well to fit this Spanish vibe. I really like, I think they did a pretty good job of doing that. And so that's exciting. And then on top of that, my favorite video games have always been those that are open world. Like I, like, I think older Pokemon games, I think one of the reasons I got kind of bored with them is because I was sick of how linear they were. And so my favorite games of all time are Skyrim, which is hella open world, (laughs) Um, Fallout, hella open world, and Breath of the Wild, very, like, open. I just love being able to choose my own adventure. Yes, there are, like, main storylines that you're supposed to follow, but there are a bunch of side missions. There are side things to collect. There are, like, guilds and things that you can join and, like, and, and... things that you can upgrade so i despite the downfalls that we're going to talk about i think that these game these games are my favorite because it's just like they had i don't know there's just so much to do i don't feel bored yet and i've been playing it for a little while and i'm still excited to go back and pick my game up and keep playing and that's what i love about it if they had fixed some of the other issues that we're going to get to, absolutely these would be my favorite Pokemon games. Like, for hands down, no question. But uh, but yeah, that's why I like it so much, because it is an open world game. And there's a lot to do. There are a lot of trainers. There's a lot of basic, like, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yes. There's, yeah. there's a lot to keep you busy. Mm-hmm. And you like a video game that gives you a task. You love a task. But like multiple tasks. Yeah. Like I want, I, I don't want it to end. That's the thing. I hate when I play a game and I play it for however many hours and then it's like, oh, you're done. I'm like, no, I want to keep going. Yeah. I want to collect the 1,000 items that I need to collect. You know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> like, yes. Um, so these games came out in 2022, mind you. Mm. It is currently 2022. The games are like two weeks old. They have horrible, dreadful, 
downright unacceptable in this market, yeah. in this year. At the price with point. With the technology yeah. that is available to them and to even us. The performance of the games, how the games actually play, is is truly jaw-droppingly bad. It's 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 shocking and, how this and happened. And by performance, he means like the way that it looks and the way things move and the way things flow like it's laggy it looks like crap and it glitches a lot yeah like <laughs> characters <laughs> pokemon when yeah. you're running will just disappear in, uh, into thin air they just pop off the screen mm-hmm. um when you're turning a corner in a city in games from the 90s there was a thing called a draw distance, which was how far the game could show mm-hmm. what was being loaded until it just turned into like a fog. Yeah. Even in those games in the 90s, when you would like walk forward, the fog, you know, ahead of you also moves forward. So your draw distance changes with you. Yeah. It's like if you're in, if you're outside and it's a foggy day, you can only see a certain number of miles ahead or whatever. Right. And, and as so you as move you get in one direction, object, things phase into view. Right. It's yeah. like a slow transition. Yeah. The games in the 90s could do that and it mimics real life experience. The mm-hmm. closer you get something, the less blurry it becomes. These games, you turn and you walk and five feet in front of your character, the game decides while you're staring at that spot, oh, we're going to pop in and load in a character. Not slowly. It's not a transition. It just goes, or, boop, and oh, then the character We're going to pop in. in a Pokemon, and then you're going to run into it immediately and be forced to battle it. Because, Which is a time waste yeah. and also a letdown <laughs> like, when that happens. Yeah. So there's, like, the, the lights and the shadows that they use for the environments. Like, say you're on the side of a mountain, right? One side of the mountain's typically going to be getting the sunlight. The other side's got the shadows. The shadows sometimes will literally just flicker out of existence as if, oh, all of a sudden, let there be light. God God just literally sat there and said, okay, girl, here's a lamp. Yeah. It's, you know, something about the games is I, I don't understand how the night versus day works at all in them. It, it doesn't follow the normal day cycle, like okay. in the real world. Yeah, it's just confusing, and and there are, like, I, I don't, you know, on TikTok, I know TikTok is, like, very specific, like, and, and curated to the viewer, but, like, I'm sure y'all have seen probably one or two videos of the performance of this game, and it's, like, characters being stretched out, blown up, just glitching, looking insane, and like and like their eyes bugging out of their head yeah, and their legs like, like going behind their ear like yeah, it's because just of like, glitch. You can tell like I don't know if these games were put out too soon or they just didn't care because they knew people would still buy them. <laughs> I think <laughs> but, it's a little bit of both because yeah. they know that people like us are gonna want to play it for the Pokemon, their designs, the attacks, and maybe some of the characters. But they think they can get away with rushing it and not optimizing the game. The Switch can play some awesome, graphically detailed, mm-hmm. like, games that run at consistent speeds. If you were ever a, like, PC kid when in the early 2000s trying to play video games, there was constantly, like, a lag with a lot of the computers that I would play video games on. 
you'd like click an arrow to move the option to the side or whatever, and there would be like a one second delay. So you'd have to be patient. In these games, like sometimes if there's too much happening on the screen for the actual game card to be able to load in all at once, it will slow the actual gameplay down and your character looks like it goes from like normal speed to running in slow motion. Okay. Everything has slowed down. And it really takes you out of the experience. And for $60, video games on the 3DS and like all that stuff used to be 40 bucks. And then you'd pay 50 for like a console game. Now they're $60. And this is the shit we get. Like as a consumer, I'm very annoyed that this is this is what they put out to represent their brand to a bunch of people who've been buying their games for years. You know, knowing that they can't expect a certain level of yeah, like and like finish. I think the thing that's annoying is like, for years now, Pokemon fans have been asking for more and like they've deserved more. And so with this game, I think people knew they were going to be let down in some they way. They were be perfect. We know how these people but work. Somehow they were worse than we. They imagined. were worse than the performance of this game is worse than I could have imagined it to be. Like, I was like... Like, if if someone gave me this game in 2000... No, okay, that's... I was three years old then. If someone gave me this game in 2010, I would still be like, why does it look like... Why... Like, it's, it's not just, oh, this game is so 2021. It's like, no, this game literally could have come out 10 years ago and still been a disappointment. With yeah, the performance. It's, it's ridiculous how bad the play, yeah. the, the like, the frame rate. Like, if you've ever gone from, like, uh, an iPhone, like, let's say 12, and then you went up to the 13 or the 14, and you see how smooth the screen is when you're, like, swiping around and doing stuff, and then you go back to the older model, and you can see, like, every little detail because there's not as many frames happening like you can it looks a little more jagged and jittery uh-huh. that's what these games do but you don't have to look for it you don't have to be a tech person to know something is going wrong because yeah. it looks terrible you literally like the camera will like fall through the ground and you'll be like staring into nothingness you'll be staring into and the <laughs> void yeah. like yeah like it's it's just honestly it's it's just poor quality but that aside what are your thoughts on like the storyline and stuff and like best story they've ever made. See, that's what I'm saying. That's why I really like it. Like, so we talked about the 18, um, types usually in, in Pokemon games. How many, how many gems would you say are in a normal Pokemon game? Eight, eight. So there are eight gems. There are eight gems in this game, but there are also four Titans and four, um, like team. I were like five Titans. Oh, maybe there are five. Five or six. I think... Okay, anyway, I, I have not completed the game yet. So, you know, but still. And then there are four Team Star hangouts. Oh, no, there's like six or no, seven. No, there's not. Yes, there are. There's like six or seven. Okay, hold on. Dark, fire, fighting, fairy, poison. Okay, five. Okay. So, and anyway... So you got the eight gym leaders, which are all like type specialized... And then you have these hangouts, which are type specialized. Then you have these titans, which also have like types. 
it's just like they're they're giving representation to like as many different types as they can and i like that there are like three campaigns almost and like on top of that there's just so much else to do there's like this thing called a gimme ghoul where you can like find all these gimme ghouls and get all these coins and then it evolves into like winamon cinnamon applejacks guy <laughs> but like, it really does like yeah. it's a, it's a new pokemon that when you collect all the coins it looks like it forms its body out of stacks of like gold yeah. coins like think harry potter uh uh philosopher's stone sorcerer's stone movie where he opens the vault at the beginning of the movie and there's just all these stacks of gold coins mm-hmm. It's like that put together to make a Pokemon. But it looks like the cinnamon stick from it Apple It looks like the Jacks. cinnamon guy yeah. from the Apple Jacks yeah. commercials. <laughs> or the string cheese guy. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so there's so much to do. And, the, and on top of that, it's not like there's so much to do and the story sucks. Like, there's also a good story. And so I'm like... God. And there's three different, like, paths to the story yeah. that you complete... And then they all come together and you see why, but I can't talk about it because I don't want to spoil Trevor or anybody else that's listening that might want to play it. Yeah, and so I haven't even seen that, and I I still love the story, and I haven't even gotten to the part where it all comes together. So it's just, it's really a shame that the performance is so bad. Because it, it really does detract yeah. big time from, yeah. like, the effort that you can see they put into the story. Now, graphics-wise, like, the actual textures and the way that the game looks is not horrible considering the style. It's, like, a little more... It's not, like, hyper-realism. Like, Pokemon's never really gone for that. But the Pokemon themselves, for the first time ever, have, like, very detailed textures on their body. Mm. Um, Saviper, which is a as the name suggests, like a viper Pokemon. And its body actually has, like, scales on it that reflect the light when you move the camera around the different angles. So instead of just being its normal, like, black or gray-skinned body that it normally is, it actually, when you look at it, they actually gave it a texture that looks like scales all over its body, um, and Magnemite, Magneton, these like very famous Pokemon that's just like a metal ball with two magnets that float on the side of it and it has like an eyeball in the middle. It normally is just like gray. Like the gray is supposed to represent that it's a magnet or, or made out of metal, I mean. Okay. And in these games, they actually look like they're made out of metal. They have like chrome reflections on them that change as the pokemon moves around they have they have made some steps forward in this game but so many steps back the pokemon in the wild when they're under a tree you'll see them sleeping and they're like curled up and they're cute and you can you can like surprise them by like throwing a pokemon at them Mm -hmm. and catch them off guard but in the actual battles if trevor does his little musharna thing like he was Mm -hmm. talking about earlier and wants to put a Pokemon to sleep, he can do that, but the Pokemon literally does not change at all in the battle. It has a sleeping animation in that. the game. Yeah, they should. But they, in the why battle, they make them, like lay down. In yeah. the battle, their eyes are wide open. Yes, in there's previous, just there's just Z's coming from out of their head. Like it's, Pokemon, yeah. literally since the late '90s, in they're like 3D battle games or whatever, maybe not an adventure game, but a battle game. 
the Pokemon's eyes cl- at least close. Mm-hmm. The, they still do their idle animation, like, while they're waiting to do the yeah. attack. But their eyes close when they're asleep. What a concept. They have done that in... They did it in Sword and Shield. They did it in Legends Arceus. They did it in Pokemon XD and Coliseum back in 2004 and five. But for some reason, in the newest games, Pokemon no longer need to shut their eyes to go to sleep. They're just wide awake. And we're, and we're, I'm Even supposed to believe that. Even though when they're asleep in the open world, they're curled up in a ball fully asleep. Yes. Like, so eyes it's closed. Like, yeah. It's like some something in development did not go well, and they rushed these games out and forgot to put in a ton of stuff. Mm. So this this game, like always, though, it, in, it introduced new Pokemon new characters i want to just briefly touch on some of our favorite new pokemon and new characters which one do you want to start with first let's do the new pokemon okay so i have a few of my new faves a lot of the pokemon in this game are cute and i love a cute pokemon um one of my now favorite pokemons of all time pokemons oh my god Pokemon That's is singular yeah. and plural. It's both a singular and collective noun. One of my favorite Pokemon of all time now is Sprigatito, which is the grass starter Pokemon. Sprigatito. He is... They. They, they can be yeah. he or she. They are so cute. It's just a little grass cat. And I don't know. I'm like slowly turning into a cat person, so... Well, I just think you better so quickly turn into a cat person. I know, yeah. yes. And then Plans. I mentioned I mentioned this one before, Small Liv. I just think it's so stupid and funny. It's so that it's, stupid that it's adorable. Yeah, and it's literally just a little olive. And, like, Spain is known for having olive orchards, question mark. I don't know what they're called. But they make olive oils and stuff. So, I, again, it's, it's bringing in the region, yeah. you know? Um, I also, another one that I think is funny and just so dumb is Mousehold. <laughs> it's literally, so there's Tandemouse, which is two like little mice that are like holding hands next to each other. And, and they, they act as one Pokemon. Yes. And so they're in tandem. There's two of them. And then the evolution is Mousehold, like a household. And there are four of them there's like the two parent mice and then the two babies and they all act as one pokemon and it i just think again stupid but funny and clever um i think gunter and i have sometimes talked about like oh i really want them to make a pokemon from this animal right yes and you know i love my poison types so something i really like in this game is graphii which is the evolution of shrewdle so one of my favorite animals growing up was the eye-eye. It's like this ugly little primate thing that lives in the jungle, and its middle finger is like f- four times the length of the rest of its fingers because it uses it to like dig inside of a tree and like eat bugs. And they're just so creepy. And there is like folklore that if you like stare into their eyes, you get cursed. Ooh. So I I just love that there's finally a Pokemon called Graphi-Eye, which is that inspired by that um other stuff i haven't gotten there's something called paradox pokemon so i don't i haven't seen these ones but i like saw them in the list so i'm just gonna call them out iron valiant um she's giving like galade which is like the male version of 
Gardevoir, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so well, that... Gardevoir can also be male, but oh, Gallade okay. can only be male. Um, but so Iron Valiant it looks like this, like, souped-up version of Gallade. And then there's also something called uh, Ceruledge? Ceruledge. Ceruledge. Yeah. And just from this picture alone, I just know once I see that in the game, I'm going to love it. So those are my fave Pokemon from this generation. Um, My favorite Pokemon that were introduced here are probably going to be one of the Paradox Pokemon, Fluttermane. So it's supposed to be like a prehistoric relative to a Pokemon that came out in Generation 2 back in 19... Or 2001, something. Called Misdreavus, which is basically like a floating head. <laughs> uh, but it's like a very feminine looking Pokemon. So it has like ghostly tendrils for hair that fly off. Mm-hmm. And it's like a floating head with a with a like a necklace. And it's got a cute little face and a tiny, tiny little like hint of a dress that's like ghostly. Um, and it flies around and screeches at people to steal their life force and stuff. <laughs> And Fluttermane is supposed to be like a prehistoric version of it that's brought through time. Uh, And it has like added details where it has like feathers and fangs and like these extra like details to it that make it look a little bit more menacing as if it was like a prehistoric dinosaur version of it or something. Okay, yeah. So I really, really dig its design. I also really like Armor Rouge, which is the counterpart to Ledge, like you just talked about. Yes. So yeah. Ledge is like a, like a physical warrior with like this dark purple armor on. And it's a ghost and a, or a fire and a ghost type. But its counterpart has like more shiny, um, almost like vase-like. Like it reminds me of like a Greek... Like gladiator, gladiator, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a fire and a psychic type armor rouge, and I really like its its design for some reason. Yeah, and and these paradox Pokemon, like he said, they're I I'm assuming because of the design of the games, Scarlet is like prehistoric and Violet is like futuristic, and looking at the paradox Pokemon, it's like some are from the future and some are from the past. Yeah, so like the one that he just mentioned. Um, that looks like a gladiator is like the pat the prehistoric or past version. Oh, I didn't even catch that. And Cerulege is the futuristic, like oh. robotic. Looking. And they're not paradox Pokemon, but the the games designers kind of borrowed that idea, mm-hmm. I guess, for their separate evolutions. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess another one I really like is Glimora. It's this like. Pokemon that looks like a big floating indigo violet colored flower like like bulb like petals closed up. Yes, I've looked over his shoulder while he's playing the game and been like, "Ooh, what's that?" And he's like, "No, you can't look because it's <laughs> but, a spoiler." But I yeah, I look at it and it is really pretty. And when you yeah. throw it into battle, the petals <laughs> open up. Mm-hmm. Um and it's this pretty purple with some like uh What's that color? Like a turquoise, like, accents to it or whatever. And you think it's going to be one type by looking at it, and it's completely not what you think it is. I'm not going to tell you what <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I'll, I'll figure it out. But. Um, but you find her in a really cool part of the game uh, that I'm not going to ruin. Um, 
I'm going to call those my top three. Um, okay. Uh, there's some Pokemon I'm a fan of in this game that are new, and then some that I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, finally, do you want to just talk about some of our, our fave characters? Yeah, some of the characters, characters that yeah. give me the vibe that, like, okay, there's some personality in this world. Yeah. Um, Tulip, the psychic-type gym leader. She, I have not seen her yet, but I'm she excited. She is very pretty, but kind of a diva. Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of the ideal. And she uses... Um, oh! She uses one of my other favorite designs from this game. Now I remember. Ferrigiraffe. Oh, uh, oh Which yes, is Giraffarig, uh-huh. another Pokemon that was introduced in Generation 2. But so, has not had an evolution. But has never had until, an evolution. Yeah. And they finally gave it one. And its name is a palindrome, so it's really fun to say for Ridgeraf. Mm-hmm. And it's a psychic and a normal type, and it has a really long neck. Hence yes. the giraffe. Um one of my favorite characters is the I believe she's the ghost leader. Have you battled her? She's the like rapper. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, rapper, mummy, maybe. I don't know. Oh, maybe that's okay. a stretch. But but her hair is like designed to look like a skeleton kind of. She's giving just like hip hop artist and ghost vibes and I love her and she's hilarious because she like speaks in rhymes and whoever wrote i i think it would be interesting so like in english they made the translation from the japanese like but still, they definitely probably had to take some inspiration yeah yeah but it, it still like flows like a rap and like so it's cool that they put that much effort into this character because sometimes the characters are bland as hell in the games and so so that Correct. was that was good to see and i like the design of the poison leader i already like I just like poison Pokemon and he's like kind of spooky. And there's a, there's a normal type gym leader who is like hilariously just so boring. Like they're not, he's, he's boring on purpose, which I think is funny because he's a normal type gym leader. Like he's just like a businessman in a suit. But, um, I guess if I had to pick one other person to be a favorite, I I also have to say the ghost type gym leader, like, she was a very strong and creative character for them to create. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a person of color finally getting represented in the game. Now, they have had people of color before. Like, I'm going to sit here and be like... Nessa. They're horrible. Yeah. But... She was... I don't think any... I don't think she was what anyone would have expected them to do. And it gave um, some representation to, like, hip-hop culture. Yeah, and, it was cool. Um uh, but other than that, some of the the professors are really fun, mm-hmm. but you haven't gotten there yet, and there's some story stuff that happens with them. Um, so I'll I, really I don't I think that they did let me down a little bit on some of the gym leader designs, and especially the elite four. So there's the elite four is back in these games, and not at all what. I was hoping for so mm-hmm. I I make it sound like I hate these games but like <laughs> my overall opinion is that they are going in the right direction and that the gameplay was really fun but the character design was a bit lacking for me and I really need more 
Okay. Like, I love believing in the fantasy of the world, and they just made some of the people so, for lack of a better word, milk toast. Like, it's just like, oh, surprise, surprise, the electric gym leader is, like, a YouTube streamer. Yeah. And that's her whole personality. Like, that's... And the normal type gym leader guy, I actually did not like him. I was like, really? You had an opportunity to, like, flip the normal type on its head, and you just gave it the most boring... They just boring... went right into the stereotype of it being Like, someone just boring. being like, all right, yeah. this is my but job. But that's why I it's thought it was battle. funny, because it was so... They were really pushing it, but... um, Yeah. My biggest thing, though, is, like, how many times do we have to say, the games are going in the right direction... Before, Before they actually re- reach the destination, you know? Right. It's been, like, three years of this, and we're still waiting for them to arrive. And, again, they're the biggest grossing media franchise in the world. They make more money than Elon Musk would know what to do with it, you know? Like, they, they make so much money. And yet they're still putting out games that look like they're from the early 2000s. Like, I swear that it looks like the Tarzan game I played on PS2 <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, so will Pokemon continue to let its fans down? Probably. Probably. Looking at the way things are going. But, um... Oh, before we sign off, I uh-huh. guess it would be really important to say the Pokemon company, well, Nintendo, released a patch which is like a digital like update mm-hmm. for the game to patch some of the issues. And a lot of people at first thought it was doing something, but now a lot of people on YouTube are coming back and saying, um, I think that was like a temporary fix. The patch hasn't fixed a lot of the graphical issues anymore. Like we're back to square one and like, the games have been out for two weeks and they've had that extra time to like update them and fix some of the problems. And there's like a memory leak problem that's happening with the game. So like as you play it, the game's coding causes whatever a memory leak is, which makes the game run way poorer. So you have to constantly reset your game to get it to play decently for an hour or two. And then you have to turn it off and then turn it's, that that is a very very recent update and nintendo apologized for the game being so kind of like hard to play mm. which they, n- they really yeah, don't in the past do they just like wouldn't acknowledge it and like but but yeah we'll probably continue to be let down a little bit but like i said despite the performance things which i can kind of look past somewhat i do think these games like the story's fun and the concept is fun. I'm just hoping the next game that comes out is open world, looks good, performs well, and has good characters. <laughs> and brings all of my favorite Pokemon back. So I have to I don't have to keep picking and choosing yeah. what they decide is good or not. But you know, um here we are, little podcasters, uh who have no ads and you know, just want to play Pokemon. Just opinions. It's yeah. just opinions. Like, if you disagree, if you don't know anything about Pokemon, then that's even better. Then you yeah. just have our opinions to listen to. But yes, this episode was a long one, most likely. I mean, you know. We I make st- no apologies. Yeah, Gunter still wants to edit it and everything. But thank you. If you made it to the end, thank you so much for listening to our thoughts on this video game that, you know, 
millions of people play. Millions of people so play. So it's not like but no millions one in of our people will. don't play. Also, that's true. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but yeah, if if you um if you don't play Pokemon, thanks for listening. If you do play Pokemon, I hope you enjoyed hearing our perspectives on things and and if you have your own opinions we'd love to hear them so send us messages send us comments whatever you know we want to know what you think of these games too so do we i do i think we all feel pretty similar okay but i want to know if some people are like wow this game is so good and you guys need to just suck up the you know stopping divas i don't think I don't anyone think thinks that divas. yeah no i don't <laughs> I think we're consumers that are pissed at the lack of quality for something that we paid for that yeah. you can only find out after you buy it, right? Um, all of that being said, thank you so much for listening to, what is this, episode four? Episode four. Episode four of the Up and Out podcast. You should give us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Please, mm-hmm. please, 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 please. And follow us on our socials, Gunter Plugged, um... Instagram, the, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, Up mm-hmm. Out Pod. Our YouTube channel is Up and Out Pod. You're gonna want to subscribe. We're gonna have some special things there. I'm on TikTok at Gunter the Singer. On Facebook at Gunter the Singer. Twitter and Instagram at Gunter McCourt. My website is Gunter the Singer. Trevor. Uh, my Instagram is Trevor T Van Vliet. I, I mean. I'm not trying to get famous, so you don't have to follow me. But uh, if you want to, you can. And um, I post TikToks at Terrell1227. Mainly, I'm just currently promoting Gunter's album. Which you should also listen to. Yeah. Um, Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like, comment, share with friends, family, whoever. Um, and yeah, again, thank you for listening and we'll catch you here next time. Don't know what the next topic will be. It's we'll a surprise get for there. all of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it will be something fun and pop culture-y. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so that we, we have finally reached the end of this episode. <laughs> I'm so tired. Yes. Um, it's late. We're getting the kittens tomorrow. So we're going to go to bed. But again, thanks for listening, um, and thanks for all the support. Share with everyone you know. Bye! Bye!